Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Yep, free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. In fact, I'm on my phone right now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Greed. Let's do this with the Should Theory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Should Theory. I am Tara Grebe. I am so excited because today I have a really awesome guest who I have been really looking forward to talking to. Her name is Amy Fuentes, and let me just read you a little bit about her. Amy Fuentes is an intriguingly thought-provoking speaker, author, coach, wife, and mother who inspires others by showing them how to look at life a bit differently. As a result of the hardships she encountered and overcame throughout life, she noticed one common theme. We are only one decision away from a totally different life. Compelled to help people successfully navigate their lives, she now shares her insights and aha moments in her book, Words of Wisdom, What You Need to Know on the Road of Your Life's Journey, as well as on YouTube and Facebook. She's inspiring others to reimagine their decisions so that they can find their voices change their stories, and become their own heroes. Amy lives in Northern Virginia with her husband of 30 years. She enjoys traveling and spending time, volunteering with her therapy dog, Duncan, bringing joy to those in her community. And full disclosure, we are both dog people, so there could be a dog bark somewhere along the way in this episode, and we are totally okay with that. Amy, I am so glad that you are here. I am as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And um, what drew me to you is because the whole purpose of this show is getting people to know that whether they are forced into making a change in their life or whether they feel a strong need to make a change in their life or there's something missing, that, that there are ways that we can maneuver through the doubts, the fears, as I call them, the shoulds. And to, to get that shift going in a way that works out positively on the other end. What drew me to you was that uh, when we were talking via email that you have had both a forced shift and a chosen shift. And I would love for the listeners to hear about both of those. So why don't you tell me uh, what complacent spot you were in or what difficult spot you were in and changes that you had to make? All right. Well, let's start with the one that I had no control over. Mm-hmm. That was a, an event that happened post 9-11. Uh, I will start off by saying I am grateful. I am grateful that as a result of 
9-11, this happened and I'm on the other side now. Right. Um, I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones because my husband who works for a commercial airline was actually at home that day. Mm. So when we were together watching that catastrophic event mm -hmm. and in the months that followed, uh, society kind of got back to pretty much life as normal, except of course, if you traveled and had to deal with TSA. Right. Um, but life for us drastically changed. Mm -hmm. um, as some of you may or may not know, the airline went into bankruptcy. Uh, our income was literally cut in half overnight. Our retirement was completely decimated. My husband, who did what's called an employee stock ownership program, was basically paid in stock in um, majority of his salary in stock for six years, and all of that just went away. Wow! It was it was devastating. We we had just moved into our dream house. Oh my goodness! And my husband had purchased his dream car when the rug was literally ripped out from underneath us. Unbelievable! And beyond the fear of just nine eleven in general. And, and what happens next to lose your livelihood like that, uh, just, I, I can't even imagine. Well, and it was really hard because my kids were little. Mm -hmm. So here you have a like four and six year old who look at you and now you're thinking, oh man, I really didn't prepare very well. Why wasn't I more prepared? I should have, yeah. I should have had an emergency fund. I should have mm -hmm. been prepared for this and I wasn't. And having to look at them in the face and explain why mommy and daddy wasn't, weren't going to be able to fill in the blank, you know, right. they were wondering about dance dinner, sure. and, you know, birthday yeah. parties. And it was, it was a huge, um, life change. That has to be so scary. So scary. So what did you do? Your shoulds told you they kicked into gear and what did you do? I cried. <laughs> I cried. I stomped my feet. I um, blamed everybody. You know, when you, you're pointing that finger yeah. out, and it's like, you know, they're to blame, they're to blame, they're to blame. It's my parents' fault. It's the, you know, education system. They didn't prepare me. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, um, Tara, it, you have three fingers pointing right back at you. That's right. And so um, in a very low moment, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with, with you. I... I cried for a lot. Yeah. I was angry. I was scared. I was upset. Um, I was afraid that we were going to lose our, our dream home. And um, I didn't, you know, nobody wants, once you have a certain um, quality of life, you don't want that to go backwards. You only want that to improve. You don't want that to get worse. Sure. And I feel like and that fear only grows and inhibits your movement. It, well, it definitely does. Um, and then when you, it's one thing if you just have you to take care of, but right. when you have children that are depending on you, it just exacerbates the feeling and mm -hmm. the, um, like you're saying, the sh I should have been pre better prepared. Right. I should have done a lot of these things. And um, it, it was not a fun time. And Absolutely. so that was, that was one of my shoulds that were forced upon me. Right. The one that I also shared with you was the should that, um, it wasn't necessarily chosen. I guess it was chosen because I had children. Yeah. But when my children actually got older and and um, left the family home, mm -hmm. I I I knew it was coming. You guys <laughs> know that the day that they leave is coming. Um, but I had no idea 
the devastating impact it would have on my life as an empty nester mm-hmm. um, because it hits at a time of menopause. Mm-hmm. And so not only are your hormones in flux, but sure. your brain, what a lot of people don't know is when you're in menopause, your brain is actually being rewired. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I was thrown into a very, um, a lot of turmoil sure. at that point, trying to figure out who I am. And, and I, I tell people, um, if you've ever seen that movie Runaway Bride, yeah. with, um, you Julia know, she, Roberts. Julia Roberts, she, she's engaged to a lot of people. And with each person she's engaged to, she likes her eggs differently. <laughs> and when Richard Geard comes to interview her, he goes, girl, you don't even know how you like your eggs. Well, I didn't even know how I liked my eggs. Right. So um, I should have. I should have prepared for that. I had 18 years. Mm-hmm. I should have um, been smart enough, you know, educated enough to be able to deal with it. But it it really it really kind of blindsided me. Right, right. So um, based on that, and now this question that I was going to ask you, you know, uh, was what made you decide that it was time to make the change? But you just explained that to us. One, it was you didn't have a choice, and the other was more of a need. I would say you know, um, then, then I just feel like I need something new. It was, I need something to, to fill this void. And I think that happens for a lot of people. We put so much time and it doesn't matter career, no career, you know, if your kids are your whole focus or if you're juggling all the things, um, you know, you put so much time and energy into parenting. And I think marriages fall apart at that time because, it's like, oh, we have to hang out with each other now, or I have to figure out what I like to do with you and myself. Um, you know, it's it's a lot. I uh, my my youngest two are going off to college in August, so I totally understand. And my older one is already there, so I'm there myself. I get it. Yeah, um, and, but- and you know, the society sh- tells you that you should um, foster and cultivate and nurture your relationship with your husband. Yeah. So I was well prepared for that. I knew that I needed throughout the years. There was fair warning for that one. Yeah. You know, there was warning, but nobody really talks about empty nest. Yes. You know, they do it in a positive way. Like, oh, you get your freedom back. But it is a huge shift in the way that you not only live your life, but the way you perceive who you are. Yes. And it happened at a time where I was changing careers. Mm-hmm. I had moved. We had sold the family home and moved to another neighborhood. So there was a lot of upheaval in my life during that time as well. Well, right. And for how many years are you so-and-so's mom as opposed to just Amy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, nobody tells you you need to fill your own cup. Yes. I, I've learned that now, now that I've been forced to yeah. um, no longer sit in my sorrow. I, you know, I now learned that you, you need to fill your own cup. So what obstacles or shoulds, you talked a little bit about the ones that you were looking at saying, gosh, I should have been more ready. But as you decided, okay, now I'm going to move forward and do something about this. What shoulds or obstacles were in your way? Oh my gosh, there were a million. Um, some that come to mind as far as the 9-11 event, mm-hmm. um, I, I should raise my children differently. Okay. I should learn more about money. Mm-hmm. I should stop sticking my head in the ground and kept my, kept my spoon out of the ice cream jug yeah. and pull myself off the ground and um, move forward. I should um, stop blaming everybody. Mm. I should stop blaming myself. Right. 
Um, so there were a lot of shoulds in that. And um, as far as the, the um, empty nest, mm-hmm. I, I, I should have seen that coming. I should have been prepared. I should wrap my arms around this and embrace it because it's a wonderful time as I'm bawling my eyes out. Right. See it as an opportunity instead of something that you have to deal with. Yes. Instead of a negative, see the positive in it. Right. And that's really easy to say, but it's not so easy to do when you're, the feelings inside of you are swirling and they're not such happy ones. Absolutely. So as that, as you were swirling with those not so happy ones, was there, were there different points along the way that you just said, you know what, I, I can't do this. I can't keep charting on this path. Um, you know, I, I don't even know how to move forward. What happened that any times that you thought about giving it, uh, giving it up or throwing in the towel? Well, for my kids, the thing that I, I would always look at them and I would always tell myself, I don't want them to experience the upheaval in their life financially that I did. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what really pushed me forward. And you guys, I'm on, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know about a budget. I didn't know how to manage money in a way that I wanted to teach my kids. But I'm here to tell you, everybody, that even if you're not perfect at something, you can teach your kids a better way. Mm -hmm. Because my kids are now living proof that the things that I taught them, that I was kind of learning and implementing and um, experimenting with Mm -hmm. along the way, they actually worked. And now they have a totally different relationship. They're in their 20s. They um, have emergency funds, which I don't know about most of you, but I didn't have in my 20s. They've got retirement accounts. Again, not something I had in my 20s. Um, And so they're really set up because of uh, the law of compounding and things like that. Even Mm -hmm. if they didn't put in any money into any of those retirement accounts moving forward by the time they retire, they will definitely have a million dollars. That's excellent. So um, it, it gives a huge sense of relief for me that I've, that I've raised them in a manner to avoid those pitfalls. Um, and that's what kept me going there. What kept me going on the flip side with the, um, with finding out who the heck I was, is I was just so miserable and so lonely and so lost that I just, I didn't want to feel that way. Anymore. Right. And so I just started to go in search of, mm-hmm. and with each, um, decision led me to another decision, another baby step. And when you take the, in, you know, you can't go from zero to 50 overnight, but you can go from zero to a quarter to a half. Yeah. You that's, can take baby steps. And that's great advice. End, so much for so much further along um you can't have a million you might not be able to have a million dollars at the end of the year but you might and you might not even be able to be out of debt or be able to make in my case i couldn't even make ends meet at Mm -hmm. the end of the year Mm -hmm. but i was getting closer and closer and closer so i was acquiring less and less debt and that is an accomplishment in and of itself it sure is and i think one of the other things that i love was that not you know obviously your original motivation was uh, getting your family in a good place financially and then teaching your kids because I think that's something that we all have is I want them to have it better than I have it. I want them to learn from my mistakes, so on and so forth. But then you had the vision to take that knowledge and then help other people with it. Yeah. Now I, um, 
about two years ago, I joined forces with a wonderful woman who happens to live in Italy, believe it or mm -hmm. not, uh, a really good friend of mine. And we now teach parents. It's incredible. You know, everyone says it's so easy. Well, it's only easy when you know how. That's right. And so, you know, it's the year 2020. So the things that I did with my girls, I had to break all those shoulda molds. Mm -hmm. You should pay your kids sure. to do chores. You should have this. You should do it this way. Mm -hmm. Your kids should be able to do that. And I had to break all of those shoulds and create a different way. And that really has catapulted not only them, but so many other parents um, in teaching their kids about money because we start early. You got to start around sure. six and people wait until they're in high school mm -hmm. because we've got maybe that's when they start earning it. Through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure they bathe, you know, sure. you know chew with their mouth open. Um, so there's a lot of things to teach them, but this is great because the way that we do it, it just integrates into your everyday life and you don't have to set time aside. Well, and I think one of the things that I really like about your story, if you look, you know, long-term and of course we're talking over a span of 20 years here, right? But what I really yeah. love about this is that 20 years ago, you had this moment that that forced you to live differently, change your patterns, change your views. Uh, and again, as I said, your your motivation at that time was, I should get off the couch. I should get the spoon out of the ice cream, stop feeling sorry for myself, and I got to do something to help be a partner in fixing this. And you moved that way. And that was going along well for you. But then only a few years later, you had this different pull, right? This different feeling, or you know, a few years ago, rather, um, that said, yeah, I need something else and how those two experiences really melded together now to take what you learned from your forced should and build it into something that fulfills you now um, as you move forward into this next stage of your life. And I think that's really a huge lesson for all the people that are listening is that, you know, you can have your forced difficult times that are in your life. And, you know, an episode ago or two or two ago, I talked about uncovering your inner badass and how you look at all of the different things that you've accomplished. And as you're doing them, you're doing it because you have to, or you're doing it because it's what needs to be done or, because in that moment it works for you and you do it and you don't necessarily think about it. And then when you look back and go, wow, look at all of those things I just did. Now you have this whole arsenal of skills and capabilities that maybe you didn't really think about individually, but you realize how strong you really are and all of the skills that you really do have. And that's exactly what you did, right? You taught yourself, gee, I need to figure this out, this financial thing. I'm going to teach my kids to do it in a better way than I am. And then you turned it around in a way such that now you've made it a business for yourself. And I just think that's fantastic. Yeah. So those people who are going through a hardship now know that it's not for naught. Yeah. I think every hardship that we go through is for a reason and something that we learn and take away. And there's a gentleman named Eric Egmead that talks about the hindsight window. Mm. And that's the, um, if you've ever had a difficult time, you know, if you, if you're beyond, you know, 15 years old, yeah. you've had a difficult time. Either you, you, you didn't get along with your best friend or you, you know, broke up with your boyfriend, right. or you got a bad grade There's something that you felt at that point was catastrophic happened mm -hmm. to you. But when you now look back weeks, months, years later, you realize that you're in a better place because of that. Absolutely. 
And the, if we can shorten that hindsight window so that you don't suffer for so long, then you end up getting through that, um, what some people call refiner's fire, quicker. Mm-hmm. And um, the more awareness you can give your situation and lean into it instead of leaning away from it, the quicker you'll get to the other side. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's some of something that we all struggle with is that unfortunately for difficult times, often the best way is through, not around. And so uh, that is the lesson. And lean in, not lean away. I love that you said that. I'm writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what would you say is uh, along the way the most negative should? Of all of the shoulds that you had, you've talked about a lot of them, that one most negative inhibiting should that kept nagging at you through all of these times over the last 20 years? I should know better. Mm. Yeah. I should know better. That's a big one. It's a big one. And then my next question for you would be, what was the most inspirational should that got your butt moving and doing what you needed to do? Oh, my most inspirational should. Um, You know, how it felt to no longer be where I was at, even if it was just a little bit, you know... in my head, when I'm in the muck of the muck, mm-hmm. I only look for the finish line. Right. You know, and when I made that decision, you guys, making no decision or making the decision to do nothing is still a decision. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I realized that I was deciding to do nothing and it was getting me nowhere, um, that I should do something when I got into action that's when life really changed for me in both instances. And when you make that mental shift of moving forward and make that decision to do something, it might not be the right thing. It might not be the forever thing. It might not be turn out exactly the way you expected, but you're at least taking a step away from where you're currently at. And that's, Action gives you a lot of empowerment. Mm-hmm. I uh, I heard someone say recently, it was Mel Robbins I was listening to, and she said, if you have a problem and an action can solve it, then you don't have a problem. And I thought that was really great. So that's exactly she's what brilliant. you're saying. I love Mel Robbins. Yeah, she's the best. Um, all right. So looking, looking back, um, what is the single best piece of advice that you would give to yourself knowing what you know now? Mm, I would say stop beating yourself up. Mm -hmm. You know, stop beating yourself up and get into action. And it doesn't, sometimes you guys, you think that action needs to be, I'm going to, I'm going to take a course on finances. Mm -hmm. You know, your action might just be that you got out of bed today. That's right. Your action might just be that you ate something healthy instead mm-hmm. of junk food. Your action might might be that you went on a walk for 10 minutes 
And when you do those, those three things, when you take a walk, when you feed your body something, those little decisions really impact your lives in ways that you really don't comprehend until you actually do them. So when Absolutely. I say make a decision, I'm not saying make a decision to, you know, read a book a day or a book a week or right. a book a month. It doesn't have yeah, to be I'm a career saying, change. It can be a bro- broccoli instead of a potato chip. Yes. Yeah. Make a small decision. You guys, I don't know if you know this, but we actually make 35,000 decisions a day. Wow. 35,000. And if you can just make more decisions that you're aware of than unaware, then you can count yourself as deaf. I love that. I love that. So Amy, where can people find you? I know you are the author of a book. Where can they find your book if they want to know more? Where can they find you if they want to know more? Tell tell people where to find Amy. Awesome. I would love to, I love, love, love to connect with people. Awesome. Um, it lights me up. It fills my cup. It's one of the things that I realized, um, you know, as I was going through emptiness, that that is something that really does fill my cup. Right. So... Um, my book is on Amazon. If you search Words of Wisdom by Amy Fuentes, mm-hmm. you, you'll find um, my book. I also have an ebook for parents called um, Allowance Advantage Raising Money Savvy Kids. Mm-hmm. And um, that, as well as um, uh, the course and a lot of other information, is on the company website, which is Lilola Coaching. Mm-hmm. It stands for the first two letters of live, love, and laugh because we feel that everyone's lives need a little more love and laughter. I love that. So lilolacoaching.com has a lot of links to um, a lot of information and uh, items that you can do. And I encourage people to find and connect with me on YouTube. Um, Every week I post an aha moment, these, these light bulb moments that I get. I also post things to encourage people to foster that relationship Mm -hmm. with their significant other. So I share date days. And then I also share something that I call you don't know what you don't know. Right, right. Because so many times we don't know what we don't know. And when we do know, our lives are so better. Absolutely. And everything that you just said, all of your links, your social media links, your website links uh, are going to be in the show notes. So anyone who didn't get to write all of that down, certainly can check out the show notes and click on those buttons and find you. Amy, it has been wonderful to talk to you today. You are definitely inspirational. And again, one of my favorite things is that you had a forced moment of change and you made a success out of that. And that led you to using that experience for another innovative moment of change. And that is something that we all can learn from. I just want to take a second before we say goodbye and go uh, remind people of some of the great things that you've said. Um, One of my favorites, shorten that hindsight window. Try to do the best that you can to do so because you need to lean in and not away so that you can get through that adverse time more quickly. You also said making a decision to do nothing is still a decision. So do that action, even if it's a small one. And I think those were all really great uh, pieces of, of advice that you gave us. Um, again, if you want to find Amy, all of her stuff is in the show notes and Amy, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Be well. 
I hope you loved this episode. If you want to do more with me and maybe work on your own shift and change, you can find me at taragreeve.com. That's I before E, taragreeve.com. You can also find our Should Theory community on the Taragreeve Consulting Facebook page. And that's where you guys can talk, share, exchange ideas, and all the good things that come with having a community to help you get your shift together. I hope you had a great time listening to this episode. And until next time, this is The Should Theory.